0: love talk radio right, guys, here we go with the main
1: event of the evening ladies and gentlemen and attendants Hudson joining us around the world it's time for the value ball we're waiting for finally it's the showtime. show hey, man we, we dedicate our lives to this sport we give, we to the up the camp. We run hundreds of miles, you know, for the ones to take it serious. And we just dedicate ourselves fully to our craft, man. We watch tape. We we you know, we have attitude, we root and we go to that fight to land on the to land on the line. podcast i'm your host chris carlson we are live on a thursday night you know what happens man sometimes life gets in the way so you gotta tweak it you know you gotta tweak your schedule i kind of sounded weird but i'm gonna keep going anyway um, we will talk uh briefly recap mode in the ring william zapata got a you know a victory uh last night on the zone or last night Last weekend on the DAZN Golden Boy card. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of, you know, briefly touch upon that. Diego De La Hoya got upset. Your boy won a little bit of cash on that one. Got lucky. Well, not really lucky if you look at how it went in the ring, but I didn't think it would be that easy of a fight. And There was actually some interesting um, undercard action that we'll talk about, too so we'll start the show in the ring and then of course the return home for Canelo Alvarez in front of what they're saying 50,000 people in the stadium against John Ryder on the Zone Pay-Per-View. Uh we'll talk uh, of course we'll preview and predict that fight. And you know, I know a lot of people are not excited about this fight per se. Um most people want to see you know, David Benavides and Canelo, but it is what it is. If, in fact, Canelo does do what he said he's going to do and fight Bivol next, whether that's at 168 or 175, we'll find out. But if, if in fact, that's what happens, then this fight doesn't, you know what I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Um, does it stream pay-per-view? No, it doesn't, but, you know, Canelo, uh for the money they're paying him, they gotta, you know, they gotta make some money back. It is what it is. Uh, John Ryder coming off his best two wins. Um you know, the Jacobs I'd say is a better win than Parker, but a lot of people didn't think he even won that fight, to be honest with you. Myself, I was kinda more of like I'd have been fine with the draw. It was more like a more like a stalemate. It was a really eh, meh type fight, you know. Uh, just the other day, someone said that Jacobs, uh, like a reporter, said Jacobs outclassed him. I was like, a class writer." And I was like, really? Outclassed him? I didn't see much class in that one, uh, as far as on a top level anyway. You can make an argument that John Ryder's best performance came against Callum Smith, and I thought Although many people thought Kelly Smith won the fight, I thought the scorecards were a little controversial. I didn't think it was that wide, you know. Um, Ryder losing the fight, I'm not saying that's controversial, but some of the scorecards, I didn't really agree. And if you thought Ryder won the fight, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, complain about it too much. But we'll talk about it. Like I said, it's not, I don't know, you know. I am – there are some times throughout the year, especially in recent years, where there's certain pay-per-views that I just sit out on the bench on, you know. Um, right now, this might be that one. I don't know. matters if I get a, uh, you know, a phone call or a text message or something like that saying, hey, man, I already rented the fight. You want to come over? Or, you know, you want to split it or, you know. Um, it just – it would have been nice if this had like a really good co feature and and you know there is actually an interesting fight on the card um that you know could there there's a couple of fights on there that hopefully you know they they pop off that's 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 what we really need um but anyway um we have a variety of stuff to talk about. I did you know talking about that tank and <laughs> Ryan Garcia fight. I, I did get it went down to the DM. Let's just put it that way, and a whole lot of people getting in there talking about pay per views and and how first of all the numbers I was reporting last week weren't right. They were probably working, you know, waiting on the Glazer report. Um, also, that it was actually Ryan Garcia, you know that that was the reason why it sold. I got a whole lot of different. Um, messages so we'll have a little this is going to be later in the show I'm going to address it just so I don't get the I'm ducking it but it'll be later in the show uh, because there there is some follow-up that we'll talk about uh, when it comes to that uh, there is other fight news though uh, Jaime Munguia Munguia is in a step-up fight you know uh, his opponent seems like he's a bit you know past his prime in, in recent performances, but it's still a step up June 10th. We'll talk about that fight There is a, a variety of other uh, fights that got signed or speaking of signing Regis Progress chose uh, a place to sign uh, um, And it's not top Rank and it's not PBC So that kind of you know tells you what it is. We'll talk about a variety of stuff in just a short little bit, if this is your first time listening to the rope dope radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope dope radio. You don't have to go to blogtalk Talk and rope dope and download the show directly there. That's cool if you do. If not, though, you can find the rope dope radio platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, uh, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a host of all other places too. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to the east Eastside Boxing and Phil Boxing, and one more thing, get your TV together without the hassle of cable, um, direct TV stream, stream the best entertainment and sports, starting with 75 live channels, save $120 off the first year when you get any package, and buy the direct TV streaming device. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get Premium channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today, direct TV stream. Okay, so, um, you know, it was uh, it was a light weekend, obviously. Pretty light weekend, to say the least. Um, we did have William Zapata against uh, Jaime uh, Arboleda, I think it was, Arboleda. Arboleta. Um Not much to take from that fight early on. You know, he was bringing the pressure, landed left hands, whether they were straight or hooks, um, with maybe like 60 seconds or so uh, early in that first round, big, big left hands. Um, and he kind of followed it up with uh, some body shots, straight left hands to the body. Thought he was doing a good job there. Uh, you know, as the the second round came around as well, um, more lead left hands, right hooks. He landed a really nice right hook, Zapata did during the exchange. And then I think it was a left hand to the body that had um, Arboleda Lita taking a knee, then another left hand to the body in combination, scored the second knockdown, and then I think it was a left to the head and then to the body, KO. Stop it. Real quick, like, didn't, you know, didn't go that deep into it, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, not much to take out of main event. Um, talk about it a little bit here in just a moment when we bring in John as far as, you know, hopefully he gets a fairly big fight coming up, you know, sometime. He's probably got, what, what is might have two fights left in the year you know if he's lucky and if it's one big fight then that'd be cool too if it is just one more fight though you'd obviously like him you know to be able to step up um Diego de la Hoya got beat by Victor Morales and it was uh it was pretty nasty
0: It was a left
1: hook that scored a knockdown um I mean the left hook in general for Morales was just you know just terrorizing Uh, Diego, Diego, you know, hurt to the body, bloody nose. Um, I think it was left hook in a right hand for the second knockdown. If I'm not mistaken, mistaken. And, uh, you know, he just, he didn't beat the count. He he was sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. He looked like he was kind of getting up and he just, he was done. He was done. So I did, um, you know, put a little something on that. Like I was talking last week on Victor Morales. I put a little, a little something on it wasn't a huge underdog but I for one will fully admit I didn't think it 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 would play out like that though (laughs) um then it was uh what was it David Stevens and Parabon Marcus Antonio Parabon um Parabon scored a, a knockdown I believe it was the third round kind of a cuffing left hook in the last maybe 12 to 15 seconds um so you know he definitely got tested. He did uh, get up from it. it. wasn't a bad knockdown or anything like that. Kind of got going, and by the uh, fifth or sixth round, he, d- he started using the left hook uh, to the body, especially putting in a lot of body work. Um, and I thought Stevens was a little bit busier overall, did the better work. Um, but uh, it was a good test, though. You know, it was definitely a good test. Uh, from Parabon, who's, you know, been around for quite some time. Um, But, yeah, I I, I actually I kind of enjoyed that because I I like seeing the prospects and I like, you know, seeing them get tested. Uh, We also had Frederick Lawson on that card against, uh, what was it? Uh, Here, hold on, let me check my scorecard. Where did it go? Via Lobos? Lobos, Via Lobos. Esteba Villalobos. Um, You know, I thought Lawson, it was, first of all, another good fight. You know, I like this fight. Um, I thought Lawson overall, you know, landed the better shots. um, Probably won more rounds, although it was really close. Um, In the last round, Villalobos, uh, you know, was able to get like corner Lawson, put him on the ropes, landed flush shots, a whole lot of them, bombing right hands on him. Um, Lawson, I remember, did land a nice uppercut, get off the ropes. Um, but, yeah, those flurries with hooks, left hands, uppercuts, really came on down the stretch, especially in that last round. It was two cards had at 96-94 and one had at 97-93. I had Lawson, you know, six um, Five four one something like that um, once again though I thought that uh it was uh it was a it was good you know it was a good fight it wasn't didn't blow me away or anything like that but um overall like I said, pretty slow weekend not gonna touch upon too many more items uh, we are gonna get into Canelo Alvarez and John Ryder and maybe some other items as well with John let's go ahead and bring in John to the fold here. What's going on, John?
2: How you doing? Chris, uh, great to be here, as always. Uh, just listening to your recap of the zone card last week, so uh, I might as well jump in there because I, I didn't yeah. think it was much of a card. You know, as I always say, I, I have to give Zapata credit for just taking care of business. You know, when a guy's in a relatively easy assignment like he was, Arboleta got stopped by Colbert, who's not a puncher you know, at, at 130 pounds. So, um, you know, to me, it wasn't much of a fight. It was supposed to be the Ortiz-Stanionis card uh, originally. And, you know, of course, that fight fell out because uh, health reasons going to get reset apparently. But uh, still, this wasn't too good of a card. Uh, Zapata did what he needed to do. You know, we need to see him in with um, better opposition, you know, again, even with the lower level opposition, one thing that he, he did show, if you're looking for a positive, is you know, when he was first coming up, we were talking more about just his straight power, and then the more you watched him fight, uh, he was more, he's more volume than he is power, especially as he stepped up his opposition, but you know, not that Arboleta was he certainly wasn't the best person he's fought or anything, but I mean, at least, at least the power was there a little bit more, but what I disagreed with other boxing observers was let, let's still keep this fight in perspective. Um, you, you can't draw some of the things they were trying to draw about Zapata from this opponent. I mean, you give them some points for taking care of business quickly, showing a little more power, but based on this opponent, be realistic. There's a ceiling on how much you could draw from that fight. Uh, I did, you know get interested when david stevens was added to the card you know he had that really good fight in show box where he had a competitive opponent with hemp and stopped them late really really good fight really good finish very impressive only 22 years old trained by ronnie shields but this fight with parabon was a disappointment um you know He's only 22, and he was coming off a really good performance before this. It, it may not mean much down the road. I'll be the first to say that. But uh, I'm not saying I took anything permanent from it. But I was disappointed with the performance. Um, he was loading up on the right hand. I didn't see much other variety then coming from him. You know, I don't think Parabon was really looking to do all that much or win. But it wasn't quite a survival mode, a full survival mode. In other words, where I would say – well, there's really no way Stevens could get this guy out of here. He was in such a survival mode. Um, Like I said, in the long run, might not matter that much, only 22. But I was really excited to see him again. And, you know, I'm still going to keep an eye on him. But I I did feel that this was kind of a not moving forward performance, especially, you know, getting on this zone card where there wasn't much else on there to get excited about, I think. It kind of have the potential, of course, you're only dealing with hardcore boxing people, but that they would be paying attention to him. So I don't think it's a permanent setback or anything. I'm certainly not on the guy or anything like that, but you, you do have to take what you see, and I, I was disappointed in this particular performance of Stevens. I, I was uh, expecting more coming off of that potentially star-making type performance against Hemp pill on Showbox. So uh, I did find it to be little bit of a disappointment wasn't that much head movement from him wasn't that much punch variety um only 22 and you know he's shown a lot of power in the past he's got shields hopefully uh like you said you know maybe just this being a veteran and you know first time fighting this kind of a veteran one of those kind of things i would hope that for stevens but i i was hoping for a little bit more in this one it it wasn't Something that really moved him forward that much as as you would have hoped, but uh, that was about it for the zone card. Um, I think it's worth an epilogue, and you were mentioned a little bit too, Chris, about some different things. But you know, I I did watch the replay of uh, Tank and Garcia. You know, big enough of a fight. Thought it was worth on this one watching that replay. You know, like I always say, it's never quite the same as when you see something live and you don't know what's going to happen, but thought it was worth a rewatch. You know, I was thinking of, of what you said and I saw Canelo who ironically I, I remember this now hadn't talked about it last week or anything but you know they asked Canelo maybe six months ago or so who he liked to watch fighting and it was kind of funny because he he mentioned Tank was actually the guy he liked he enjoyed watching to watch fight. So I know he follows him and he was saying as you said, you know, the fight was kind of interesting but but not a not a great, thrilling fight, you know, that, that Tank's good. And on the rewatch, reminded me of that, you know, Tank, there was drama with, you know, that was a the first knockdown he scored in the second round. That was a really big shot from Tank. You you look at the replay, um, you know, with the kind of puncher he is. I mean, anybody could go down from that shot, even though that's the type of thing we were worried about Garcia going in. And then, you know, like you and I have been saying, you you don't know what he felt with that seventh-round body shot, but there weren't that many punches being thrown, you know, really in the rounds, other rounds. Um, you know, you had – right after it happened, Chris, you had brought it up with me, and I do have to agree with you 100%. You know, on the rewatch, you know, especially with the way they've been scoring it, but even like you were saying, with not much else happening in the round, I mean – I I don't know how that that wasn't a ten eight for Tank in the second with that big shot. Never mind, you know being a ten ten. I mean that you know ten nine. That that was that right. was a bizarre. One. But then to me now this is where I'm really going to be in a minority because I'm not saying Garcia was doing anything great, but you know in those other rounds I mean Tank was way up on the scorecards. Then they had to me like the opposite, like they were given they were given Tank. You know all the other rounds, but the the strange thing with the knockdown where they didn't give him the ten eight. But I just didn't think in the other rounds, and and you know even the commentary was saying, yeah, you know tanks winning these rounds. I didn't think that much was really happening there. You know I I didn't think that that was that decisive. I'm not saying Garcia was winning them, but that really well, wasn't. you could have gave him the
1: sixth round. I thought Garcia. Yeah, I thought he that, gave that to him.
2: Yeah, I didn't think that was too much decisive, round, too. decisive action. Um, and then one thing I noticed, you know, thanks, President, and get him out of there. Really, yeah, in, in the round where it ended and, and the round before, like you said, the sixth. I mean, I, and this to me was good skill because this is what you want to do against a southpaw. Garcia had found a home for his lead right hand, which is a traditional yeah. way to fight a southpaw. And it was working. And, you know, he's got hand speed. He was getting it in. It it really looked like what he should be doing. I'm not saying this is why he got rid of him. But, you know, Garcia has been boxing, you know, the majority of his life. You know, he had the amateur pedigree. Again, people don't talk about it, but he did. Uh, One thing I'm not buying is I saw this from some people who, to me, kind of wanted to think they had some kind of premonition. And, you know, I don't think you were really talking this way either, Chris. I'm not saying that – I mean, it's fine to think Tank was better. Tank was the favorite, and, you know, Tank showed a lot of skill in this fight. But, like, I didn't see any lack of skill from Garcia. Like, some of these – I saw some of these pundits saying, oh, just like I said before the fight, you know, Garcia just doesn't have the skill level. And I'm like, I I don't – to me, I don't really know where you're getting that from. What I did see is, you know, you want to look at the flaw what went wrong, and this is what I was going to get to about – you know, now we know since last week and he's gotten rid of Goosen. I'm not I'm – not, this is why, but he, Garcia has boxed his whole life, so even though he's only 24, who knows, maybe he does look at things like this. You know, what I kind of disagreed with, and this for me was a pre-fight thing, like, you know, you heard G- Goosen in the corner was kind of telling him to, like, go in and out with Tank. And, you know, I know, like, Garcia's got power, and, and you know, you want him to be able to land too, but he was the bigger guy. You know, it, it seemed to me the strategy was you just keep Tank totally on the outside, which let's face it, Tank wasn't getting hit that much, but he wasn't doing much when he was on the outside either. Um, and But Garcia was trying to do this like coming in and unload, and, you know, Goosen was telling him that in the corner too, like, you know, go in and then go out. And Tank ended up catching him, you know, when he was going in. I mean, you know, with, with, with Tank and, and his power – and speed, you know, and he knows. He, I, I agree with the takes that Tank's showing a ton of boxing IQ and boxing ability. That I wasn't getting as sold on, you know, before this fight, I'd said it, and, but then punch stats were backing it up, and you could see it again in this fight. So that's there. But but that's what I mean. Like, I don't think, you know, you could really jump in on Tank, especially early. Um, and, you know, he ended up getting caught twice in this time. So um, I think. Garcia didn't really use the size fully. there were moments he was, and it was working good. but you know apparently the game plan was like a like a go in and out on tank, and that's when you know Garcia was open up when he came in and you know he got caught in the second and then you know he got caught in the seventh and taken out. Um, I don't think that part of the strategy was that good. I could see where you didn't want to maybe have Garcia give up his power offense but He's the bigger guy, the taller guy. He's got the reach. You know, it would seem he should have been trying to just deploy that from the outside the whole time. Um, so that was my take there on the rewatch. Uh, you know, about you know kind, kind of how I think, it, kind of how I think it played out. Now you and I, Chris, agree, but you've still got people coming out Canelo saying that within the last couple of days, joining the others, they're saying Garcia could have gotten up. Goosen is saying no, he couldn't have even now. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you and I are looking at it the same. I mean, they're all saying that. I, I just don't think you can say it. I mean, didn't want to get up at that point. I, I, you know, I don't know. Tank's too big of a puncher. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, like I said, that hasn't changed from last week. I, I just got to see more, you know, of Garcia down the road before I can draw that conclusion. And it's going to be apparently with a new trainer, so uh, we're going to have to see who he comes up with
1: yeah and there was also that whole um you know well just to go back to the second round maybe they thought tank was more hurt than it appeared you know maybe that was part of it when he was holding and stuff yeah, like that that could have played him, into yeah, that. that
2: one shot. Maybe, maybe maybe that's what that they're I...
1: thinking you know
2: but it was like, but it was like, can't you look on the replay? That was a big, that was a big shot. It was a quick, but, you know, tanks quick with those mm-hmm. shots. That was a quick shot. Took him out. You know, um, see, some of that, you, you know, that really, it, it reminded me, I mean, you know, Roley wasn't doing bad until he got taken out. And, you know, he, the one that took him out was similar to that one that, in a way that dropped Garcia in the second, you know, it wasn't like the one that took him out in the seventh, the body shot, but Roley was doing well in the rounds before that too. So just saying against strategy, you know what I mean? Like, and, and Roley's not, he's not as long as Ryan Garcia. So, and he's kind of a wide puncher and things. So he would have more reason to be having to come forward, but I don't think Ryan Garcia really needed to do that even in spurts. I, I don't know and for me, that part of it's not really hindsight. I, I don't. I, I do question a, a bit of that coming in and then going out strategy that they tried to employ.
1: Sure. And you were thinking just more at range, keeping behind the jab, or bring pressure, like stay with thinking, the pressure. Yeah, I was or... thinking
2: like, yeah, I was thinking in like in when we talked because you know you can look at our podcast the week before the fight. I thought of like a, you know. I believe in Tank's ability, but I just thought this might be a fight with both guys have an ability that Garcia's size outwork might make him. a difference. That doesn't always happen. Well, I thought he could outwork him from the outside, yeah. What I thought, and right. you know, to me, you could see where that would have been there, like that Tank in this new outside boxer he's been doing, and he did that again in this yeah. fight, but he doesn't throw much when he's doing that, and that mm-hmm. I thought all Garcia had to do was just keep it at arm's length. Let Tank do that right. movement on the outside, not throwing, and rounds are going to go by, yes, yeah, that he would have more volume, keep it on the outside, and then maybe Tank to rush in or something yeah, like it would that have to or, to him.
0: Right.
2: later on and really commit to that. Like, you know, not that Tank's not capable of doing that. We We saw him at times when he really needs to do it, moving the head and coming in, but it's not what he wants to do first anymore, so – uh, but instead, he was, you know, moving in the tank's range periodically, trying to open up, and maybe thinking, you know, he could land his power, but that, that was a little too risky of a strategy for me. I thought just keep it outside, you know, tank's not active enough from that scenario, and then you would really have tank have to land one shot, but if you had him far enough away, that maybe he couldn't land it. That, that's what I was thinking going in, so for me, that's not hindsight. They definitely had that as part of their strategy, but part of it is listening in the corner, which I always really like right. hearing in the corner fights more than ever because, you know, with modern technology, you really do want to see what they're trying to do and what's going on in there. And listening in, it seemed like it was go in, then go back out, you know, for Garcia, and he, he got caught, you know, twice when he was in. And uh, that, that seemed to me to be uh, the, flaw in the, the flaw in the game plan going in. Um, you know that that's where I think that they were they were kind of fl- flawed in that in that part of the game plan.
1: Yeah. Did you watch the epilogue too?
2: I did watch that's some special? of that as well. Yeah, I did. I did watch some of that as well. I figured, you know, big enough fight. I, I wanted to catch that. Yeah. And, you know, I
1: like when they do that, that stuff, too. It's kind of cool.
2: It was, and it was interesting in this one because you know they. I mean. You know, of course, I haven't mentioned you, haven't because you don't want to make too big of a deal out of it. I mean, they did mention this rib injury, but, you know, that's one of those deals. I want all the information, but it's too borderline. For, I'm, I'm not going to take away from Tank on that or say it was just because I can't, can't do it, can't go that far. You know, I, I mean, yeah. it might have been there, but to say that that's why he got taken out, I, I, you know. I can't, I can't go I, – I, I like to have all the information possible. I mean, you don't gain by not having information, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to – you know, I'm just, I'm just going to take it for me right now on that too that, you know, Tank took him out with a body shot. Right. Saying, yeah, that's we're
1: it. not going the other way and calling, you know, Garcia, you know, soft and all this other stuff either, you know. So it's like kind no, of just staying like, well, we haven't seen an X-ray for the rip right. before or <laughs> right. after. So we don't That's really know about that. that. And, and we also know that, you know, nicks and bruises and, you know, you get injured in camp. That's just how it goes. It's tough not to make it through a whole camp, not at least a little dinged up just because of the, you know, the nature of the sport. Uh, so we see all the time. I never, uh, you know, a lot of people like to say the Manny Pacquiao, Mayweather stuff in his shoulder, but yet you know, when the fight's over, he's got his arms up, high up, you know, and it's like, well, you know, I've messed up my rotary cuff just minorly, and there's no way I can lift it above my shoulder, and I didn't need, yeah. all I needed was about three weeks of rehab. I didn't need any kind of surgery or nothing like that, but I couldn't exactly. do it. I couldn't put my arm up. I just couldn't, you know, right. not without a lot kind of pain then, anyway.
2: And they're not declo- so, disclosing it on pre-fight forms or right. exams or anything like that, so – you know you can't right you can't have it both ways. I mean Lomachenko with uh, Yeah you know he's in the pre-fight interview. The shoulder's great, it's it's all fine. I'm good yeah. to go. It's feeling better than ever. I think that the track down better than ever. And after the fight, it's mm-hmm. oh I, I had a horrible shoulder injury. I had to fight him with a horrible shoulder injury and. You know that that—that's Although a I got
1: better as the fight went on, too. It was really weird. It's like <laughs> right. you didn't start <laughs> right. fighting until the seventh round or something. You know, like how'd that right. work out? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that I work don't out? know. I mean, it happens. You know. Right. Excuses I mean, are look. excuses. You know, I I think a lot of people either de- you know I, I don't know I just a lot of it when millions of people are watching you fight. It can be embarrassing. It can be prideful. It can be a lot of different emotions. And sometimes people say stuff uh, after the fight. We've seen that plenty of times. Some people still will say something about a fight. I'm talking about the actual fighter, not the fans. And it's just kind of like, whatever, dude. I get it. It is what it is. Some people are poor sports where they're just a poor loser. Some people make good points. Whatever. It just, you know, I, I just can't blame an injury because – if you were injured so bad and you knew you were going there with a rib injury, um, you should have you know you should have said something and postponed it. You know, and I know the the first thing will be like, well, we don't know when that fight would happen again. But there was a lot of money involved, and they had already seen what it was going to do at the gate. A lot of it, so they they probably would have been able to postpone it at some point. Now you could say, you know, let's say Tank goes away for two three months. Okay, that would delay it, but if it was that serious,
2: don't get in the ring. Right. And and what I, I, I after all my years of of watching it, what I've concluded, and this is the way I can feel better about it, I think there's tr- truth to it. If it's not all the truth, it's a lot of it too. I mean, boxing is an in- individual sport where you can get seriously injured, literally, or, or get killed in the ring. I think these guys are obviously the top competitors to get to the point they're at. When they're going to go back in. When the, they have to make themselves, at the least, they have to make themselves believe that to get back in there. Like, in other words, you know, and, and that's why we've seen it from all the greats. I mean, you know, like, okay, you know, like Ryan Garcia, and this is Ryan Garcia and all, all top fighters, you know, when they, when they start this, this stuff after the fight with the excuses. They can't be going into the next one, or, or sometimes they're even going to have a rematch with the same guy in the next fighter down the road. They have to believe that to believe there's gonna be something different than next time so they can change it. Go in there with a mentality, Gosh, this guy knocked me out before, uh, you know, with a vicious body shot and I gotta fight him again. You know, what's gonna change? <laughs> in other words, that that's not a really good attitude to be going in with, but you know, they can go into the to get their confidence back up. Ah, my rib was hurt that last time and Rib's going to be fine next time. It's going to be a different story with, you know, if I fight Tank again or fight somebody else. And, you know, all, all the – I mean, all the, all the greats too. I mean, when Sugar Ray Leonard got knocked out by – All the you know, Camacho, Right. He said that his – cat it was because he had a calf injury all camp, and it was right. just that calf. It yep. was not that he was over the hill, and he might have to get a rematch with him because it was all about the calf. I mean, this, right. I'm not making this up. I mean, you know, and, and Duran had to know Moss, whatever that was about. And, you know, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, these are like, we're talking about the greatest living fighters of all time. You know, I mean, Foreman, I, I, I want to get into the big George Foreman later while we're on tonight too, because I got to see the movie better reminded me of, because it's another good example. Of course, we don't talk about this part now. and That part isn't in the movie, but it happened. I mean, Foreman said after, you know, Ali beat him, they drugged his water. You know, Vladimir Klitschko said, said Brewster drugged his water. I mean, the Klitschko fans talking about a class act and everything, they don't like to go back and talk about that. I mean, you can find the newspaper quotes on that, and he even has his lawyer go to the commission and everything. I mean, you know, these are guys who were some of the top fighters of the division, you know, the greatest of all time. These are things that they've said, you know, they're on, they're on the record. So um, before you get you right, before you go too off on Ryan Garcia, I mean, think, think of boxing history, guys that are at the top level, they have to make them, it's just such a dangerous sport. There's no teammate in the ring with you. In other words, that's what's different than team sports. I mean, there's nobody else in the ring with you when you're going to go back in there. So you, you can't blame a teammate. I mean, you've got to find something there some reason why it happened to to keep that confidence you need to be in the ring. Uh, So I I think that's why we see this from, you know, top and great fighters throughout boxing history.
1: Yeah. Like you said, once you get to, you know, once you get to watching it long enough, you hear the variety of reasons or excuses or whatever. And sometimes reasons that get, you know, that get pushed to the side, as excuses then in a rematch you're like well if someone did something different and you're like okay well now that makes more sense because you can see he's clearly using his right hand more or whatever you know there are right. times where like uh, uh mayweather castillo you know clearly there right. was something up with his shoulder it is what it is but um he rematched him and looked better in the rematch so um it is what it is like you said and i think people just can't separate the fandom um, slash like what we've been talking about lately documenting betting you know I'm mad at this fighter because I lost money (laughs) on him right you know that that's starting to play a, a larger role than it used to anyway as far as like online I mean obviously you know, that's always been there if you've watched fights with people, you know, or you've made personal bets with someone right in the same room, and they may say something or I may say something that's probably over the top, and it basically just comes down to the competitive nature of, of betting or being mad that you lost or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is, and, and, you know, that that's just part of it. You know, you can't, can't – I, I don't know. I just think it's, it is what it is. Um. Yeah, that – Pretty quiet weekend, obviously. Like you said, we had a, a, a banger of a great matchup on paper that got postponed, and now it looks like what was it, July eighth or something like that? I think it's July eighth where the that they're gonna um, have the the rematch with Ortiz and Stanonius. I think it's July eighth. Yeah, yeah again, July yeah, it,
2: it just did yep. get rescheduled. Which actually, so was the way Ortiz felt health spin that it actually surprised me a bit that it was rescheduled yeah. um one thing i was happy to, for it was I, I i thought maybe i'd be the last guy and frankly i don't blame one bit people that dropped it i think there's every reason to drop it but i haven't dropped my zone so um like when they when they put something on there i'm like okay at least i, I got you know they got to start and like you said the munguia fight you know I, it's not that all of them are spectacular. You want that a month for it, but I, but I need them to, I need them to show me they're put you know, they're still setting fights up and still, you know, putting fights on there that appeal to us fans. Like I told you, it's got some use as a boxing fanatic to, you know, watch the fights from the UK when they put them on there on Saturday afternoons, got used to that, but you know, it, it's, it's more than it should be and you hate to be paying for all this stuff. So um, I, when, I, when I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, you, you need to keep adding some fights." So I was kind of pleasantly surprised, but let's let's see if it comes off because hopefully Ortiz is okay.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, and they, yeah, both of them come off some some weird stuff that just jumps up. Obviously, the Ortiz one, you know, has is more serious in the fact that you know, given what he does for a living. Um, you know, he's really got to watch being over trained and overworked, but it's like, well, that's kind of the, you try to get right up to that buffer and peak, you know, you don't want to peak in camp obviously, but, uh, I don't know the way he said that he just was in camp too long waiting for the schedule to get, you know, made or his fight to get made and whatnot all the way. But yeah, I, I, I hope the best for him is a is a young fighter with a lot of ability and a lot of uh, potential in the future to be a guy around for a while. Uh, but yeah, when that that was back to back, it's like man, I, I wonder if I, I don't know. It, it's going to be hard to legislate that, you know, his whole career. And the bigger the fight, the more you're just going to anticipate to work harder in camp and, and be long, you know. A, extra couple of weeks whatever I don't know so we'll see hopefully that but it does kind of even it out a little bit coming off of what Stenonius is coming off of but yeah I I hope Ortiz uh let's hope he doesn't have any more problems in the future with this thing but man it, it's hard to believe that he won't you know
2: really yeah uh, he's gonna have um, to show he his does for family. a living yeah he, he might yeah need he might have to of like
1: he might have to like really be in tune with the doctor during camp or something, you know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the details of everything, but based off what I've learned on it, it, it's it's a touchy-feely thing that, you know. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna if he's gonna be able to have the career he he probably could. We'll see.
2: Yeah. In the short term, he's gonna have to have an impressive performance against Stannyonis. Have the fight come off and be impressive because. We know Stannionis is a real opponent, um, a tough opponent. So, you know that would that would kind of silence some questions. But that's not going to be an easy assignment to do. It makes it in, it makes it interesting. There there really is a lot on the line with that fight.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And then um, Canelo obviously returning home, first fight since and Centrone. I think it was 2011, if I'm November 2011, if I remember correctly, uh, looking it up the other day, against John Ryder, who, you know, it is what it is. It does kind of just feel like, a, you know, a get-back-type fight. You haven't fought since September. He had an injury. It's uh, just kind of like getting a fight to get another fight this September. And You know, Canelo's fought, you know uh, – such a his, his resume win lose or draw is so deep that I, it's very rare that I would get uh, overly uh, critical of him especially if he does do what he said he's going to do in September and fight Bivel whether it's at 75 or 68 whatever this fight doesn't bother me now obviously being on pay-per-view we've discussed this over the last year and change where there are some times where a pay-per-view comes along and you're like, I'm good. Or I was just saying earlier in the show before he came on, John, no one's, you know, texted me or called me about this pay-per-view saying, Hey man, I already got it rented. You want to come over? Blah, blah, blah. I'm having some people over. Or, you know, I, I may actually, if I get off in time, I may go to uh, this bar restaurant where that place Canelo fights all the time. And it, it's usually packed, but this isn't a major fight, so maybe I could sneak in there, or or someone just pops up and we split the 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 fee for it. Like I said, it's not a money thing; it's always an entertainment value thing. It's something we've been talking about, like I said, for a little bit. And, you know, without like a legit co-feature, it is kind. Of, you know, this is the type of main event opponent that you'd like a really good co-feature on. In the same breath, I understand that. Canelo's money is the the you know the bulk of this thing obviously and that's why it's on pay-per-view too just so they have some revenue coming back but um you know even if they had a you know a smaller weight marquee matchup on it would have been great uh, because we know those aren't as expensive now there are you know so there's an interesting fight there but it's not like a co-feature that really grabs you um Like, I think that Gabriel, uh, Venezuela, and Steve Spark, that's an evenly fight match. I think it's probably going to be pretty good. It should be action-packed. But there's just not that co-feature there. Um, And, you know, usually if we don't have that co-feature, then the main event is like, all right, but the main event's awesome. And that's just not the case. Um, You know, John Ryder... Definitely on paper, if you go to box wreck, I mean, he's definitely coming off his best two wins in Daniel Jacobs and, and Zach Parker. The Zach Parker fight didn't go that long. Parker, I think it was his right hand. He He basically retired. The Jacobs fight was a split decision. It could have went either way. Many people thought Jacobs won the fight, and I think that's fair. But honestly, I thought it was a stalemate. It re- there really wasn't much to it. In my opinion, I would have been fine with the draw. Obviously, uh, you know, where the fight took place, um, you know, helps. Um, but I, it's funny because I think his best performance he's had as a pro personally was against Callum Smith. Now, he lost it, um, and some people thought he won. Uh, not to say that you have to go that far. I don't think it was a nine to three or eight to four fight. I thought it was more like seven to five, except nine, ex, especially nine to three. I thought nine to three was way too, uh, you know, far in that one. Um, but I thought he kind of, to me, it, especially because at least Cammy Smith was a, a, a higher level guy than some of the other wins. He lost a close one, the uh, Rocky fielding. And I remember Nick Blackwell way back in the day, like, 2014 15 that's actually when he started getting on my radar but, but um yeah funny enough i think in that losing effort that may have been his best um performance because at least against a top level guy because he was able to get inside he was able to get you know a lot of good work in a lot of good body work and trap Callum for a lot of that fight on the ropes um And like I said, if someone thought he won, okay, that's fine. I'm not saying that, uh, hands down. I thought Ryder won. That's for sure. But I did think that may have been his best performance, but you know, to me, this, it does seem like a placeholder type fight. And it's more about, okay, is he going to fight Bivel next? And what's he going to do to, to, to compete at that, you know, in that fight at a higher level, no matter what weight class it is. Well, what are your thoughts coming into, uh, Canelo Ryder, I do like the idea that they're selling that. It's a homecoming. I think that's long overdue for him I understand why he hasn't gone there because of the money at the MGM and other places. I totally get it, but uh, I'm just not all that excited uh, You know because Canelo It just I don't know He's, he's faced so many great fighters that this one doesn't really do a whole lot for me I don't think it's as shitty as people are talking about but Anytime it's on pay-per-view, people are going to, you know, have a little bit more of a, an eye on something as far as critical.
2: Yeah, Kristen, well, part, of, part of it I agree with you, part of it I look at it a little differently. The part I agree, I, I've always been pretty much a Canelo fan. I agree with you. When, when we look at modern boxing, you, you know, if you're going to be fair – you know, his resume as to who he's fought is better than anybody else. So you always have to keep that in mind. Um, you know, like when you're about to get critical, like I am on, on something like this. So, you know, you don't want to be too hard on him because of that, because I do agree with the argument that when you take who he's fought and his resume, and it, and he is just coming off Bivol, and even though it was an older Golovkin, it's still Golovkin. I mean, he's got power and a chin, uh, even at 40, you know, that, that, even though Canelo made that one very easy, there's still going into the fight some danger there. And you and I agreed on that too, you know. Um, you know, to me, this one, I, I feel like where I disagree is I just feel like this fight is pretty much garbage and being made out to be even more than it is. Um, I know where people are coming from, and, and this is where I got to get on my traditional uh, you know, platform with. But to me, it's a, it's a fight that is an example of it. Too many belts, too many weight classes. You know, I don't really think you need a – you know, I know you don't. I mean, it was just an alphabet creation. You know, you don't need a 168. Let's look at Canelo at light heavy for a moment. Um, he already fought two guys who were in the top three at worst at light heavy, and he knocked out uh, Kovalev and, you know, Bivol. He went the distance. He lost the decision. Um, Bivol definitely won the fight, but I think you and I saw that one the same in that sense. Like, but you know, some of some of these people that don't like Canelo are more the European fans who tend to prefer the European-based fighters. You, you know, they, they, I think you know, like like they make like you know Canelo got embarrassed or something like that. I mean, Bivol doesn't knock anybody out. He didn't hurt Canelo at all in the fight. So what I'm just saying here is. If, if, if we were back to eight or nine weight classes and you didn't have a 168 and there was a light heavy, I mean, beater BF would be the champ. Bivol would be like one. Canelo, even after that decision loss, would be like two. Then I think, realistically, like a Benavides would be like three. You know, and you go down the line, here's what I'm getting to. John Ryder's not ranked, Okay. So because I know you're always, you know, people are going to throw these arguments at me then, like, well, you say you don't like this fight, but Canelo's undisputed. You know, he's got all the alphabet belts at 168. and He's the mandatory. And right, right, <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm getting at, because we have to hear it all the time. And you know, right, Ryder's the mandatory, and he wants to keep that WBO belt. But what I'm saying is, look, forget the alphabet stuff, all the weight classes you know, if there was eight or nine weight classes, when I say nine, I mean, you know, I think you can make an argument with how big everybody's got. And you need a cruiser weight. I'm okay with that. So when I say the eight or nine, that's what I mean. If you want to say we have to have a cruiser weight now, okay. You know, I'm, I'm not going to fight you hard on that, but you, you don't need the other ones. And uh, that includes a 168. So, you know, so even, even let's throw out alphabet rankings. So, you know, rider with seventeen weight classes, I mean you know transnational he's maybe like six or something like that. I'd have to go look at it um, you know okay, but but that's with seventeen weight classes and, and what I'm saying is you know if you're going back thirty five years when you didn't have a one sixty eight this guy's not ranked um, and you know then you get into his, then then you get into his performances, like you said, you know, I think most people do treat it like the Caleb Smith fight was his best performance, and I'm not saying. He didn't make the fight tight. He did. But that was a fight to me where there was nothing going on. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. This is my view on the fight. And then Ryder was kind of like there in the 10th round. And, and this is actually to his credit. Hey, I'm going to pick it up. Nothing's going on in this fight. This guy's not, not doing much. He's not hurting me. You know, there might not be much to be afraid of here. I'm going to actually let my hands go. And you let his hands go in the 11th and 12th and took those rounds. And But, you know, as you and I know, Chris, you got to score the whole fight. You know? And, and, you know, those weren't 10-8 rounds or anything. And, you know, so you got to score the whole fight. Two rounds doesn't get you to fight. Now, I'm not saying Ryder only won two rounds, but I'm just saying that's the way I saw that one. I think where Ryder deceives people is he, he moves forward, but punch stat numbers do support what I'm saying here. He, the guy does not throw. You know, people look at him and they stereotype and they think, oh, here's this five nine, 168-pound guy. He walked forward, you know, he, he's this aggressive, stalking, volume guy who's going to make a great fight. That's not John Ryder, okay? That, that's why I have problems with this fight. I mean, everything this guy does, Canelo can do better. And I mean everything. <laughs> There's not one category or one thing John Ryder does better than Canelo. That's what I mean. Like, he's not, he doesn't out-volume him. He doesn't out-power punch him. He doesn't out-chin him. You know, he doesn't have size on him. He's even older than him. And so so you have Ryder coming in. this Zach Parker, you know, he says he broke his hand. He quits. So, I mean, he did quit. I mean, let's face it. There's, you see the fight, the guy quit. I mean, nothing was really going on there. Um, that's not John Ryder's fault, okay? You know, he gets a win. I mean, I'm not holding that against John Ryder, but I'm just saying, like, what was that, you know? The Jacobs fight, I saw just the way you did. I mean, I thought Jacobs won it, but... Not much went on. I mean, Jacobs was certainly at the end of the line. Jacobs is also a very low volume puncher. You know, Caleb Smith wasn't throwing a lot at 168. You know, Ryder's not this aggressive, high volume guy that I think a lot of people just look at him and they stereotype and they think he is. So that, that's the thing. Like, I don't know what's been here. Um, you know, so then again, with all the alphabet stuff and everything, they, you know, alphabet stuff here and there too many weight classes, they get into this kind of spin like John Ryder deserves this, you know? I mean, you know, myself, right. nothing against John Ryder, but there's a lot of fighters out there I would like to see get the Canelo lottery before John Ryder gets it, okay? You know, that's me. I mean, you know, a lot better fighters, let's face it. So, you know, because, Ry- you know, Ryder got plenty of losses on this record, so. You know, I, to me, it's not that much of a Cinderella, like, I'm excited to see John Ryder get this big Canelo payday. I mean, I know, you know, he's he's an Eddie Hearn guy, so Eddie Hearn, you know, that, and that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. I mean, you know, this stuff this stuff does matter in a fight like this, Chris, and you and know, I talk about this stuff. I mean, there does seem to be some evidence, like, I mean, Canelo apparently, like, likes dealing with Hearn. I mean, I, I'm ready to, be- I've been ready to believe that over these last few fights, because, we're kind of seeing evidence of it and you know maybe could I mean Canelo's obviously got some kind of reason for that but like you know Hearn's taking advantage of that and taking other guys he's got and, and hey he's delivering for them I mean that's what he's supposed to do he's their promoter so you know he's got biv balls fighting I, I gotta say it because it's a fact I mean it's just a, a damn fact Bivol's fighting below Campbell Hatton on Hearn's cards. <laughs> okay. I mean I mean, he's fighting below Campbell Hatton. We're not making this stuff up. Craig Richards in boring fights below Campbell Hatton. And he and Hearn gets him a Canelo payday then. So, you know, hey, Bivol I mean Bival gets a win out of it. Of course, you know, he's happy with that. So now John Ryder he's like, Hey, you know, Eddie Hearn's got me Canelo. You know, of course he's of course he's happy. So is Billy Joe Saunders. He's happy. I don't I don't know that there's US fans that wanna see these fights. There's really not. So this is in that line and you know I've been saying this as you know for a while. I think this has been a good example. Like, look, I gotta give credit, like Canelo was on a Mick Ultra ad during the Super Bowl. I mean, there's no higher US marketing than the Super Bowl, so let's say that and get that out of the way. I mean, that's good. But with that understood, you know, I've said this a million times, Chris, as you know, like I don't know if Canelo like, doesn't fully... I mean, he spends all this time in San Diego. You think he'd get it. He speaks English well. He's showing that now. He, he let it out. Like, you know, it, it seems almost hard to believe he wouldn't get his own U.S. marketing, you know what I mean? But it always seems that way. You know, he's, he, he's fought, what is it, the eighth British fighter he's fighting now? Um, you know, he, he's he's all these fights on DAZN, you know, with Hearn, I mean coincides the topics right now with the face of boxing argument. I just like it as kind of like that is a good way to start the argument about this. Like, so now tanks coming off a 1.2 with Ryan Garcia, Mexican American and Canelo's going to fight on the zone against John Ryer. You know, I mean, this, this lack of, you know, it's the plant fight, you know, he got into the U S realm. He's fighting plant with PBC Showtime, but then he's back with the Zone. He's been doing that. Like, I just think he's neglected his U.S. marketing so much for in a large part. Well, there's opportunity there. I mean, you know, I've said a lot of times too, look, I know, you know, I mean, he gets $25 million, you know, on Mexican TV. You know, it's for free there. I mean, you know, he's Mexican. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, maybe he looks at it and says, hey, you know, I get my viewership there. But, you know, with all the time he spends in the U.S. and everything, it, it just seems to me funny that as his career has gone on and, and where I would look at it like a neglect compared to where he was, like he fought James Kirkland, you know, in Minute Maid Park in Houston, sold out the stadium, and what did he get? 2.4 on HBO, which is premium subscription. You know, what's that? You know, that's years back, but then, like, what have we, what, have, we haven't gotten much like that since. And. You know, I I don't, I don't, I don't know if he just doesn't care or, or or he's getting bad advice there, but I don't, I don't, I don't really care for this fight too much.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely, like I said, there's no big co-feature that really is like, all right, well that, that, okay, I'll do it. Or, you know, it is one of those that pretty sure I'm going to be on the bench, but, (laughs) um, you know, it's tough to say it's only Thursday. um. I do I do have some stuff going on that night, but not late, so, yeah, you know, it, it kind of depends on, um, you know, like I said, if someone, if I get a message saying, hey, after after work, we're watching it, or blah, 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 you know, that type of thing, give an excuse to go out to that bar or something, have a couple drinks and meet up with some people I haven't seen in a while or something like that, but, yeah, it, it, it isn't, it doesn't really scream much at it, I mean, what are your thoughts? You think that Callian Smith, or not Kelly Smith, but uh, <laughs> you think uh, John is going to do what he did against Kelly Smith? That's what I was trying to talk about, where he, like, pressed the issue, was able to get him on the ropes. I just don't see Ryder as, like, um, like, a Golovkin, especially in the first fight. Remember when Golovkin, behind that jab, and pressure was able to get Canelo on the ropes the whole lot and had him moving a ton that fight. I mean, that's what, you know, his promoter, Eddie Hearn, is saying. He's saying that, you know, I'm I'm basically just going to press him, you know. And and my thing is, uh, okay, you know, that's probably your best way to win, but that kind of falls into the natural counter-punching ability, um, you know, of Canelo. You know, so going right to him, I don't don't think that's going to last. I I really kind of think, you know – First, what, you know, how do you think this will play out? And then, you know, I'm looking at my bookie. It says eight and a half. Are you over? Are you under? Uh, what are your thoughts on this, just going in? I, like I said, it's not many people think it'll be really competitive beyond maybe, you know, the first couple rounds or something like that. Canelo at times can be a slow starter. But um, what are your thoughts? You think Ryder can have some success, to, you know, trying to crowd him, get, him get, get on the inside, or you think it'll be, you know. It just it's giving me vibes of if it goes the distance like ten two, nine three ish, you know. Um, I don't know. What what are your thoughts?
2: I think I think Canello's taking this guy out early. Um I think Ryder does that, but he doesn't do it like Hearns talking and stuff. Like I said, watch John Ryder's fights. He he, he step he steps forward but he doesn't do a lot. Um he's a bluffer. He's a bluffer like that. So I agree with you, Chris. Like, I think that that is almost tailor made for Canelo because Canelo likes, likes to counter, you know, he's more of a counter guy and for Ryder taking a step forward, but not being a puncher. I mean, look, Canelo's got arguably the best chin in boxing. It's either him or Golovkin. And I would argue that. And I don't think Canelo's gotten enough credit for this, frankly. I mean, Canel, Golovkin does hit harder than Canelo. So I look at it, and, you know, Canelo went three fights with Golovkin without hitting the Kansas. Um, so, you know, then people say, no, Golovkin's got the best chin in the box. They're like, to me, I look at it like, nah, you know, I, I think I can make the argument at this stage it's it's actually Canelo. Um, but it, it, but if you said Golovkin or Canelo, it's going to be either of those two guys at this stage they are going to get it. So, We've we got a non-puncher who doesn't throw a lot of volume despite the fact that he steps forward, and he's fighting a guy who's got the, the best chin in boxing, who hits harder than him, and who's faster than him, um, who's younger than him. I see this kind of like, I'm just, even though the styles are, are different, started thinking of this as this one comes up, Chris, and kind of what I see, like, of course, Golovkin and Ryder are totally different fighters, and and Golovkin's a 10 times better fighter. And I know Golovkin was 40, but Ryder's 34, and he's not near as good as Golovkin or have the amateur pedigree or anything like that. Now, he doesn't throw as much as Golovkin, so in that sense, he's less open. But, like, I'm looking at it this way. Like, what's to prevent Canelo from hitting Ryder, like, at will, like he was Golovkin? in that third matchup when, like I said, and I'm not exaggerating at all, at the eighth round, Golovkin fans walked out of the theater that I was at. I mean, they were they were cheering for Golovkin. Right. They got quiet, and it got to the eighth round. And they literally walked out of the theater. They saw the okay. writing on the wall. <laughs> right. I mean, that's how dominant it was at that point to the naked eye without seeing those whack scorecards where, you know, it's like the judges heard all this, noise against Canelo all those years and and tried to turn it the uh, the other way based on the noise or something, because that, that, you know, those were terrible cards. So, you know, the naked eye, you watched eight rounds. And so I'm thinking like, look, I know it's a 40 year old Golovkin, but still he can hit and he's got a chin. Like what, what's John Ryder? Like that's where you look at an eight and a half. And I'm thinking like John Ryder is going to go through eight and a half of that. Nah, nah, you know, he's not, he doesn't throw as much as Golovkin, so in that sense, he's not as open. But he doesn't have the chin. He doesn't have the ability of Golovkin, even at 40. So I figure the home the home turf kind of thing, like they say, sometimes it cuts a little both ways where you see performances where somebody feels pressure. But I'm thinking for Canelo, that's probably an advantage to him because, like, with the money he's made fighting a guy like Ryder, who he normally wouldn't be able to probably get up for – you know, I'm 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 also. This is in my analysis. I'm thinking maybe the fact that it's in Mexico gets him up a little more for Ryder than he would be, and makes him just want to blow the guy out of there. I, I mean, I think this could be a rocky field. You know, this this could be a rocky fielding uh, Canelo type replay. Um, sure. Because Calum, Calum Smith at 168. You know, it might have been making the weight, again, like you and I said, Chris, you don't like to go with the excuses, but the guy has looked better at light heavy, you know, with McGirt, let's let's face it, um, Calvin Smith, I mean. So, you know, maybe he was a little drained, like, because like, there were fights at 168, like he, when he fought Mickey Holtskin you know, years ago, you couldn't fathom it either, and that's not a great fighter, that's a former kickboxer, and he laid on the ropes all that fight, too, and... You know, was letting Hulk can throw at him and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he, he would have performances like that. Just saying, like, again, I, I don't think a lot of this is right. You know, a, a lot of this is Ryder. I mean, you know, the Zach Parker, the guy quit. The Jacobs, I'm with you. You know, I thought Jacobs edged it, but nobody did anything decisive in that fight. But, of course, that includes Ryder. So, you know, yeah. you know where's the. Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. Know, like,
2: That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, like you were alluding to with the Cowboys, where's. Where's the rider performance here that that people are drawn on that that says he's gonna be competitive? Or I see people like, I've seen people say from the day this fight was signed, oh Canelo hasn't been looking as good. Better watch this one. And I'm like, no, not not with John Ryder. You know, that's when he's fighting the younger guy. You know, who's in his twenties or something like that. That that's that's where you look if he fights a Benavides or something like that. That's not not Ryder. You know, not Ryder's not that guy. Ryder's not that guy. So. Um, I just, you know, and look, and and if you even want to look at the Callum Smith thing, like most people who would be a rider type backer on the odds on this wood, Chris, look what Canelo did to Callum Smith. (laughs) He dominated the guy over 12 rounds. Yeah.
1: It was like 12 zip legit.
2: Right. That was like a legit 12 zip. So, you know, and, and look, a rider lost to rocky feeling. Right. So, I mean. It's not looking to me. It's not looking good for Ryder. I, I do agree. Canelo's probably starting to show some fade and, you know, you and I said that after the bid ball, you have to wait and see. But then when he didn't get Golovkin out of there, he, even as good as chin as Golovkin has, right. You were looking at that a little bit. So yeah, you know, the, the argument that maybe he started to decline, I think that's legit. But again, Ryder's not the guy. I mean, I look at this something like, I think this is in boxing history what you do have to look at like, Larry Holmes took out David Bay, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, like, like in, in perspective of that time, to me, like, David Bay was better than John Ryder, that to me, you know? Like, so I'm just saying, though, like, Holmes was still able to take out David Bay. You know, that was his last, you know, ko the first time around, I think, right? So, um, you know, like, th- that's what I mean. Like, it's got to be somebody, but then, you know, Michael Spinks, beat him, you know what I mean? Like, it's got to be somebody good enough to take advantage of the decline and, and you know that's not Ryder so I mean that's my analysis in this um, yeah eight and a half you know with Canelo you're right He steps sometimes he steps off the gas and things so you worry about that but I wouldn't feel good banking on John Ryder I, I see people talking distance and stuff I, I don't see it I, I'd feel a lot better on with the under on this one
1: there you have it any other items that you'd like to discuss sir
2: yeah, Chris. I'd like to just before I go, um, think it's a good topic because I saw it on Sunday, and, and since we know the story, I don't have to worry about spoiling it. That's why I thought it was good to do too. You know, I saw Big George Foreman, the movie on Sunday. You know. Oh yeah, that's right. Followed Foreman extensively. Read read two of the books he's got out there. Uh, did fortunate got to meet him? Had my picture taken with him at when he was doing the HBO commentary. Uh, for the Galata Grant fight in Atlantic City. And he was real cool then. You know, it was the the amiable George and all that stuff. Um, and I saw the movie. It was be- it was better than I expected. You know, the acting was real good. A lot of lesser known actors w- with great performances. And, you know, Forrest Whitaker, who's always good, was playing Doc Broaddus in there. And, you know, they had to take some liberties because you only got two hours and six minutes and had a couple composite characters in there. Um, but I thought the movie was a lot better than I expected. Uh, you know, some of the critics that were saying, like, you know, you, you you know they they didn't get, they didn't like show like Foreman and Norton or Foreman and Lyle. You know, I would have liked to see stuff like that and the Foreman Cooney. Um, but you know, they only had two hours and six minutes, and I thought they did a really good job with the story and the performances were good. The movie was a lot better than I thought, so I'm recommending it. And I saw. Like what some of the critics didn't like about it was like, well, we, you know, we kind of didn't learn enough about him, the intricacies, especially in the second half of the story. But this is what I want to say, having read Foreman's books, watched a lot of interviews, watched all his fights, you know, definitely, you know, as time has gone on, you know, two of my top hero boxers of all time got to be Ali and Foreman. You know, Duran's another one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Hearns I always like but you know You're saying like definitely one of the subjects That I, I've I've studied in boxing And you know I, I think what They're getting at is something That nobody really has like like That's what George won't give you He doesn't give you that in those books um, Interviews I see Dodge as the subject It's funny because you think it'd be something He'd want to talk about but He kind of won't He won't talk where that real drive And willpower you know comes from you know, he'll talk about God and the religion and stuff. And I'm not saying that for him, that's not a part of it. But, like, he will not get deep into that. And, you know, Larry Merchant was critical of George a lot of times in the comeback. But I think Merchant did always have a good way of summing things up. And I remember he started to say this in the the latter part of his comeback. And he said it even before he knocked out more in that fight. You know, Larry was saying, you know, you could see it finally come in awe of it, which I see that too, like the willpower. And that's why, you know, they didn't show the Lyle fight. Like, um, you know, when Foreman's first career ended, you just always got to talk of him in two careers. Um, You know, he was done for 10 years. So we really were looking at it then in hindsight, like he's done, this is what big George was. And it was kind of looked at like, you know, a guy who didn't have the stamina who, when he couldn't take you out early, you know, like like he he kind of wilted, you know, like that that was kind of the synopsis of him, you know, what his career was, and he he just had some power, um, but you know when we saw the second career, we put it all together. This this dude had a lot of willpower, you know, and uh, you know a, a tremendous amount of willpower. He he never quite tells you, so I could see that that being kind of missing from the movie. But to me, like there's no George material really out there. Where you could get that from? I mean, somebody would have to do an unauthorized thing of them, where they go interviewing everybody, you know, who knew him growing up, and you know, all, all kinds of people, ex-trainers, ex Ys, ex-everybody. I'm just saying that's a lot of work, you know. Unless you're writing an unauthorized biography of them, that material's not really out there to draw from. So that was kind of, to me, the only thing missing from the movie. I still give it a, you know, a thumbs up where I liked it, but I could see where they that was a little bit missing. But I thought they handled the stuff about his re, part of his religion well. They had it in there, but they they didn't they didn't make like anything automatically happen miraculously. Like like they didn't take it that far or anything like that. They just, you know, put the facts out there and, and kinda had George the way he would talk about those things in there. And I thought it was really good overall. But I think the part we're missed about George Foreman. He's seventy four now. I'd like to hear him talk about it. He kind of doesn't talk about where that inner drive comes from. And, uh, you know, like like to hear that, or maybe some who know him who think might they might know where that comes from because, you know, that's really the most amazing comeback in all of sports. So as far as I'm concerned, and not just because we follow boxing, I just think it is. I mean, to be out of the ring 10 years, to win the real title 20 years. Yeah, especially first-
1: in a sport like that, you know, that's a whole different ballgame.
2: Yeah, it, it's crazy, it's crazy and one thing I can't remember who said this, but I was always wondering about that inner foreman, and it was somebody in boxing too I think I don't know if I raised it on a social media thing some years ago or read it. I can't remember who said it, but this they did get kind of what I was talking about, and they said this is funny because this is when it was fuzzy George, you know, in the second comeback, right and yeah he, yeah, be it be it all you know friendly with everybody and stuff like that and Somebody was around him, and they said a guy went up to him, and and he touched George's belly. And this was the second George. And George said, dead serious, not kidding around, said, "Put your hand on my motherfucking belly."
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I was thinking, that's that that's that guy in there deep. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like, and I'm not saying. Right you know, it's automatically the anger thing that people talk about, but there's some guy in there. That's what I mean. Like, you know, there's some guy in there and he was still there in the second, you know, in the comeback, but he was kind of
0: mm-hmm.
2: holding, you know, didn't let that out. And I just always wonder exactly who that guy is, you know, who is that guy?
1: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good call. That's a really good call. That's that's, that's a good point. Cause yeah, there had to been, you know, yeah, where does that come from? Yeah, that is true because you got to have drive to do what he did, especially that long. And, he, and to be fair, you know, he, speaking of bellies, you know, he didn't look in that great of shape, you know. Like when you see right. him, you're like, man, this guy's way different. And I remember that Holyfield fight thinking, man, he's going to get his ass kicked, you know.
0: Right? Thinking, oh, I don't, I don't,
1: man, I don't know if I want to watch this. This is, is going to get bad, you know.
2: And then, sure enough,
1: it gives him
2: a hell of a fight, you know? Yeah, everybody thought he was going to – he wanted to see it, but thought he was going to get killed. It did great on pay-per-view, but nobody thought he was going to win. I mean, uh, and he he gave him a great – and then, who would have thought – he he comes back, he keeps going, and he ends up winning the real title after being off for 17 months and coming off a loss to Tommy Morrison. I didn't even get that in there, too, but – Yeah, it's that drive. And, you know, Merchant was talking about that a little bit. And after being critical of George, even though he worked with him commentary, he was getting critical of him in the comeback. But he was saying that at the end, and that was the right take on that, that that Merchant was kind of picking up on that. Like, you know, this guy's got some kind of will in there. And, and that, yeah, that was a little bit missing from the movie, but I thought everything else was really good because the stuff they didn't get in there, you know, boxing fans, of course, are going to notice that. But, you know, you got two hours and six minutes. They've got to sell it, too. Right. I mean, it's a boxing yeah. movie. If they go three and a half hours, I mean, who, you know, who in the general public's going to go?
1: Yeah, it's very true. Very true.
2: So, but I recommend it. It's actually, for me, though, a thumbs up because obviously people listening to the show are going to be boxing fanatics pretty much. So I say go see right. it. I think it was worth it. So I enjoyed the movie. So uh, I think that was in it. But I think that maybe critics that don't know – the deep part about the boxing, they're kind of sensing that. And that, that's to me is something like, I'm like, well, I knew that watching them, but you just, there's nowhere really to get that material, you know, George, cause George was the executive producer on the movie too. So, you know, if big George is going to be given the final approval, you got to go with, you know, what he's saying, <laughs> what big George is saying, the story is. So, uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying that stuff they had in there was true, but that's the part you know, are based on truth, but but that's the part that's that's a, a, a little bit missing. But I still liked it.
1: There you have it. I appreciate you stopping by on a random night, and uh, have yourself a good night.
2: All right, Chris. Thanks for having me, as always.
1: All right, take it easy. Have a good one. All righty. Um, I don't know. Something tells me this fight's going to go over. Kind of. I'm I'm on the fence right now, um, but I I think I'm gonna go over eight and a half. Can it make it to nine? I don't know, man. But yeah, beyond beyond maybe a round or two, you know, for Ryder early. You know, Canelo. Not that Canelo gives away multiple rounds, or even necessarily gives away the first round, like uh, let's say Chavez Senior would. He basically kind of give away the first. Room. I don't know. I, I could see Ryder, you know, doing something there, and I, and I do think he's going to have to crowd him. And could he be like? Could he use roughhouse tech, you know, tactics and whatnot? Um, I don't know. I just I don't really see like a like I said his best is best his best path of victory is something that just plays right into Canelo's hands because um, he doesn't have that power. You know, um, and even with power in a great jab like Golovkin had. Now, you could say he won the fight, but, you know, draw or whatever, technically, right, you got a box rack, most people thought Golovkin won that first fight, but I just, Alvarez would have to be like a clear step slow, you know, don't get me wrong. He didn't look all that great in that Golovkin fight, but um, I don't know. So I think maybe people were minorly overrating him because of the undisputed and how he was dispatching these guys like Billy Joe Saunders and whatnot. In um, Plant, you know, Plant and Saunders won rounds. I'd say Plant won a few more. But they had some success, and then it was just a matter of time, you know, Canelo just kind of got into the, I'm trying to knock you out trying to hit you with big shots I'm not worrying about winning a bunch of rounds so that's why I can kind of see him maybe loses some, some rounds earlier but like I said that stretch that he went through at 168 we all want to see David Benavides right we get that we totally get that or David Morrell in the future whatever right but like Billy Joe Saunders at 168 go back and look, well, first of all go back and look how he got the belt right and you know, Andre would have been a... Was that at middleweight? Yeah, that was at middleweight, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he got the belt against, you know, just a vacant belt. Looked like crap. I think the best fight that Billy Joe Saunders actually looked more of him himself and not out of shape and and look like shit or get hurt in the fight was probably, you know, against a guy that was way past his prime. So... I don't know, man. I I just don't, yeah, I just don't see a path for him. I mean, like I said, his path is not the right path. (laughs) You know, his path. um, And someone just messaged me, who who was that against? That was against uh, Murray, Martin Murray. That was the fight before. It was like a fight either like November or December um, the year before. So I think it was 2020. So he actually looked good in that fight. But, I mean, it's again, you know, as far as his body looked good and all that. But go back and look at, like, after the David Lemieux fight, go back and look who he fought in that time. Like, it's not, you know. So, I, I think maybe we overrated, like, Canelo in a sense that way. Um, you know, you can't overrate, you know, his accomplishments. Not even in this division, just to over raw, you know? And you also can't overrate like we were saying earlier his resume. It just you're not going to find a better resume. So, active fighter anyway. So, um yeah, I am going to go Alvarez. I think it'll be a TKO, knockout, stoppage, whatever. I I'm, I'm leaning TKO whatever it doesn't, you know, not to get too tied up in that, but Ah, man, something tells me it's going to go over. Right now, I'm leaning over, but I don't know. Man, that's – you know, maybe John's right. As you can see, I'm well on the fence here. But maybe John is right because the thing about Plant and Billy Joe, especially Plant, lasting longer and all that is because, you know, he's on the move. I don't see John Ryder, like, moving that much. And then if he does get on the move, it probably ain't going to be all that pretty, and he'll probably get stopped anyway. Um we do have Oleksandr uh, Bostick, um returning against, uh, was it, Volopniks uh, or whatever. Um, you know, considering Vostek's been out of the ring for shit, I mean, a long-ass time. Um, well, hold on. He did have a I'm, – I'm sorry. He actually had a fight earlier this year. I forgot about that. Someone was saying he hadn't been in there since his, law, his last loss, but – Technically, he did have, like, a six or eight rounder. Um, But, you know, it's a good fight considering he hasn't fought anybody yet that is on any kind of level or anything like that, you know. Um, And then I was saying Gabriel Galal... What is it? Galalas? But Venezuela against Steven Spark, or Steve Spark. You know, I, I think, like, there's not a whole lot in this fight per se. Um, maybe you saw uh, Venezuela against um, God. Who was it? It was uh, it was Montana Love. Yeah, Montana Love in that fight. Um, I mean, he lost it, but it was a it was a competitive fight. Um, they both well, it wasn't the first. Wasn't the same round, was it? No, I think Venezuela went down the first in Montana. Love. Love went down in the second. Maybe that's flip flop. I can't remember, but feels like I could just check. But it really, in the end, it doesn't really matter, right? But I do think let's check in on the odds of that one because that one's been pretty close. That that's probably the closest match fight um, on the card. Yep, it's uh, plus one eighteen. Wow, you can get plus one eighteen right now on FanDuel. And I believe that Venezuela's is going to win that fight. I'm not super like, oh, this is going to be easy, you know. But I I do like him to win the fight. Minus 125. Minus 150 is the highest I'm seeing. Another uh, minus 133. That's that That way. So I think that's a good fight. You know, I think that's a good competitive fight. Hopefully it should be action-packed, like I said earlier. Hopefully it turns into brawl, a two-way brawl that lasts a long time so we get, you know, people that rent it feel like they got their money's worth on the other guard. Um Otherwise, you know, uh, Julio Cesar Martinez is fighting. I mean, there's other guys fighting, but it's not necessarily uh, you know, that uh, interesting. Hopefully it'll give us something to recap and whatnot. I think there's another tight fight not on that card, but I believe it's uh Benjamin and Macomb. Yeah, Benjamin and Macomb, that plus one fifty two, plus one twenty five, plus one ten. That's the tight fight. That's that's in the UK though. I believe that's not that well, it's definitely yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm not uh i'm not really looking forward to this fight per se a lot of that just have you know has to do with you know how good canelo is as well you know that plays into it when a guy's so good you're like eh, i don't really think this guy has a chance to win at all you know um so it is what it is no biggie you know it's not uh the end of the world or anything like that if you don't rent it you don't rent it i you know there has been a couple of uh What's the last, uh, what is the last pay-per-view for Canelo that I didn't? Oh, like uh, Chavez Jr. Perfect example. Chavez Jr. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't rent that one. I really thought it was going to be a sparring session. It's easy for me to say that now because that's what it was, but you know, I, I wasn't into paying that fight whatsoever. Um, but you know, to each his own. Like I said, this this whole thing of uh, you know of this I don't know a lot of a lot of people talk about entertainment value because we've had a lot of pay per views in the last few years. To me, this one does it just doesn't do a whole lot, you know, for me. But um, you know, it is what it is. Um, I will be doing some follow up on the Tank Garcia stuff. Got a whole bunch. It went down on my DM bunch of whole whole bunch of messages out there um having to do with the rehydration clause and barrios funny how barrios never even mentioned it he didn't use it as as an excuse uh the injury stuff and then obviously ryan garcia of course these folks think that he was the pay-per-view guy uh he's actually what sold the pay-per-view and you know um one person left a message and then once um, Oscar said it. Then he was like, "See, Oscar even thinks it." So we'll get into some of that later. Not much later because this isn't going to go super deep. Um, trying to get this thing done a little bit before tip-off. Obviously with the Lakers and Golden State and whatnot. But we do have uh, we do have some fight news. Speaking of um, Ryan Garcia, as we know, he did uh, split with uh, Goosen. He was was on the Dan Raphael podcast and this is a quote from it Ryan and I will always be friends normally a fighter fighters not going to call you personally he did the right thing he called I said you're a real man um, if he feels he needs to go in another direction that's his choice um, so and, and some people thought you know that Goosen should have been at the press conference I'm hearing like and that's another thing, people saying, oh, you didn't talk about this, you didn't talk about that. Well, I wanted to focus on the fight, and then also, you know, I, I had limited time uh, on that show. So that, that's another reason why, too. Um, but I, I heard, you know, because we know Oscar and Bernard and Goosen wasn't there. Eric Gomez was there for Ryan Garcia as far as Golden Boy. Um I heard a report that Goosen got the wrong venue, and so by the time he found out he was at the wrong venue, he wouldn't have been able to make it there. That's just the – I don't know if that's true, though. Like I said, I haven't uh, i haven't listened to that interview yet. Maybe he said it on there already. Um, and then Oscar, you know, there's a report. There was First, there was a report of – well, him and Bernard, Oscar and Bernard had reser- dinner reservations. And to me, it's like and they just missed time when it was going to be. It's like, what do you mean dinner
0: reservations?
1: Are you talking about before the main event or something? Because it ended early. Not just because it didn't go rounds, but remember, the whole event started an hour early, so that never really rang true. That To me, that seemed like someone was sending a message out there and seeing what the response was, that's acid mine, you know? But then he, and then B-Hop, it's funny because B-Hop was like, well, his excuse, I think it was on, it was on Fight, I think it was on Fight Hype, wasn't it? Where he was like, well, the promoting's done. There's nothing else to promote. There's nothing to be there. What, what were we supposed to do, you know? And then he talked about how um, there were some, uh you know some issues where he got he couldn't go in the ring because he touched a fighter, he touched Gervonta, and he says that he was trying to, you know, keep him from falling off the stage. However, there were two people over there that were doing a very similar thing, so I don't know. Uh, but Bernard knows better, and he even admitted if if someone touched me while I was a fighter and in, in fighter mode at the way in I'm going to say some shit to him too. So. Bernard just straight up he didn't use the dinner excuse, he didn't use any other thing, he just said, well, what's there to promote? He didn't say I couldn't go to the press conference, he just couldn't get into the ring, and and he, he kind of went b-hop on us a little bit on his little monologues, which I enjoy mostly, but sometimes, it's like, alright dude, do you think like you're, you were gonna see through, like, use your vision and, and just threaten, and like intimidate a uh, tank like from across the ring, like I don't know. You could say it's petty that he should should have been able to be in the ring, and that's fine. I get it. That's fine. But, you know, he knows not to touch the other fighter. You know what I'm saying? It'd be different if Tank swung on his fighter and was doing something to his fighter way over the top, and he grabbed him or something. That'd be different. But he didn't really say shit beyond that, right? And then in his little conspiracy stuff, but but then Oscar comes out and says, there was, you know, it was, I, my life was being threatened. And that just didn't ring true because he went, didn't the WBC crown him with the, or no, the Ring magazine crowned him with a belt, right? Didn't they? Pretty sure they did. And he, he was fine there with the death threats. So I, I don't know. It, it just seemed kind of, it just seemed kind of weird. It just seemed kind of weird. I guess Gomez's life, it doesn't matter, you know? I don't know. It just—it was a kind of a weird scenario, but yeah, whatever. Um, Goosen didn't show up. I don't know the exact reason why. Someone just sent me quotes from Canelo. Oh, oh, on Gervonta with the face of boxing. This has been a big thing that people have been talking about. I'm not retired yet, my friend. It's not that easy. I like Gervonta a lot, but he needs to do more. To be the face of boxing, one fight with Garcia. I respect Brian Garcia. Isn't going to do it. That's fair. That's fair from Canelo. Um, you know, I'll just go over it really quick. Okay, so we have. I didn't. I don't think we. I don't think we covered anything to do with Spence Crawford the last time the Ring Magazine or Ring, RingTV.com came out and said something, right? And um, maybe I. I mentioned it but I didn't go into any detail. I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail now, but they, they printed or printed they they posted this new information unfolds involving the Spence Crawford megafight. It it unfolded. They're unfolding this for us. So this should be something awesome, right? Now it says in gathering further information on the potential, blah 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 because they said the target date was Saturday, July 22nd, then it was July 29th, blah, 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 blah. Um, here's what it says at the end, okay? Um, the fight, which is for the bank and blah, blah, is not signed yet, but is in the process of being negotiated. Really? Well, we already know that. That's not unfolding much. Um, what was also understood is that both Southpaws want the fight, and many associated – with the fight stated that they would like the, you know the fight to take place this summer and definitely within 2023 complications seem to be coming from one side of the table numerous sources were revealed so there you go there's your update there's your update how's that we got a couple oh all right um we did get some news uh, of some current fights. Some of them, it's like, eh, whatever. Some of them, you know, it's like, all right, well, we knew it was going to happen, but it's official now. Some of them we knew was going to happen. Uh, we just assumed it was going to happen. A lot of it was the Slani Lara, Danny Garcia stuff. At some point, it would get there type thing. Um, but, you know, Munguia, Jaime mean Munguia, has a pretty good fight for him it's a good fight it you can say no doubt that sergey Dervinchenko is you know clearly like not um in his prime you can kind of say that it, you know you can kind of see it now um he's fought a lot of talented guys he's gone through a lot of 160 pounders uh credit to him he uh, usually comes up short unfortunately Anyway, it's a step-up fight, though. I will say that, you know, Jaime Muglia has need this for quite a long, long time. It's going to be June 10th on The Zone at the Toyota Arena. Um, Is that in Texas then? Toyota Arena. Uh, the 12-round main event is scheduled to take place at the Toyota Arena. is presented in association with Zamper Broadcast. I must have missed where... The state it says. Huh. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it uh, I think it is something. You know what I mean? I think it means something. Now, is it some kind of great fight? It's in California, not Texas. My bad. Um, you know, it's a step up, so I, I can a People will be like, "Oh, dude, that ain't shit." Okay, cool, but you know it is a step up farm and you know he's needed it so that part uh, i am happy that he's actually fighting somebody at least um you know with with the uh with a pulse i guess you could say um so yeah that uh that's that um oh then we have um Amanda Serrano and Heather Hardy on the undercard of Jake Paul, Nate Diaz, August 5th, um, Toronto, you know, pretty much handled Hardy back in like 2018, 2019, something like that. Um, so I guess there's some name recognition there. You know, Hardy has been a popular East coast fighter or whatever, but I don't know. I, I, it's, it was a, it was a clear win. Uh, it's, Seems like just an easy fight to get to the next fight. If we're being honest, um, oh yeah. And then we have, have, we'll get to some other news as well. Matchroom, by the way, Matchroom and the Zone are delighted to announce a three-year extension to our broadcast deals in the U.S. and Mexico. So does that mean like? Because remember, it was an eight-year deal originally, so. And so this fall will be five years into it? Yeah, that's crazy to say. came in 18, didn't it? 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Wait a second. Did it come in? Well, yeah, it came in late 2018. Pause. Yeah, because 2019 was like their best year, especially the second and fourth quarter. Anyway, that's uh, official. Um, Speaking of Matchroom, they got a nice signing, that's for sure. Uh, Regis Progress to sign. This is from Boxing Scene. Signed with Hearns Matchroom was also pursued by Top Rank and Bob. Uh, Progresses chose a new promoter. He has learned. Boxing Scene has learned that he signed with him da That is that. Thirty-four year old Progress will fight. Um, it's a it's a three fight deal. Uh, the first fight for pro gray newly new deal likely will take place sometime this summer against an opponent. Um, you know, they have Jack Catterall, they have Richardson Hitch- Hitchens, and then they have uh, Liam Paro, right? We'll have a little bit more news on him later, but you know, it is what it is. Like, Hey man, if if it's, if he's making good money, then it is what it is. Like I can't, you know. I'm assuming he's making more. I'm, I'm assuming he got offered more money, you know, as a guarantee than he did with Top Rank. That's an assumption. Maybe I'm way off on that, but that's that's what I think. Um, the bigger, better, high-profile fights. were with ESPN. Um, somewhat more meaningful because of belts, I guess you could say an opponent selection for PBCs there as well. But, um, you know, those two fights at least aren't bad, that's for sure. They're definitely not bad. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm guessing it came down to money. Um, but I don't know. Jake Donovan again, boxing scene. Liam Paro in Jose Ramirez, WBO, formally orders 140-pound title eliminator. Uh-huh, so he'll have another Pero will have a, another shot At the same team, who, pre, this is what's Kind of interesting about this Who previously bailed on the order title Fight, right And we're talking about uh, Barbosa um, Boxing scene is confirmed That, you know, they, they're they Going to order it, uh, the development Comes just five days after the sanctioning Body sent an invitation to Ramirez To enter negotiations with the same amount of, you know, time. Of course, they, they put the time limit on that and all that. Um, So, matchroom represents Paro, while top rank, of course, is Ramirez. So, we'll see. It was Arnold Barboza that, you know, it didn't come off for that one after the purse bid and whatnot. So, we'll see. We'll see, Uh, you know, how this goes. Paro was entitled to to a favorable end of the 60-40 split since the fight was uh, due to take place in the U.S., Barboza hails from the greater Los Angeles area and thus would have to earn 40% when it came to the purse bid. So, I don't know. Speaking of some more boxing news, Manny Pacquiao, this is the headline, KO'd in court. Uh, he basically, you know, breach of contract lawsuit, $5.1 million. Kind of seemed like this was going to be the case, if we're being honest. By the way, best wishes uh, out to David uh, Light, uh, who fought a Akoli not long ago. He was hospitalized with a – suffering a stroke. Now, I, I heard it was mild. Definitely hoping a, a recovery there, man. That, that's that's rough, man. And then also top rank. Top rank barely won the uh, Peter Biev in – Callum Smith, speaking of Calum Smith, uh, 2.115 did it. $15,000, $15,000 they won the purse bid over Matrim. That's crazy. So that fight's going to be taking place here like within 90 days. You know, it is what it is. I'm not like thinking it's a great fight, but it is what it is. Like I said, Deontay Wilder arrested in L.A., booked on gun charges. This wasn't exclusive for TMZ. Uh, Law enforcement sources tell us Waller was pulled over in Hollywood at around 1.15 a.m. after uh, uh, LAPD officers claimed his Rolls Royce windows were illegally tinted and his license plate was obstructed. During the stop cops say they smelled an odor of burnt marijuana coming from his ride so they searched the car. Um, our sources say they then found weed in a nine millimeter in the vehicle, put Wilder in custody, blah blah blah. So, so isn't weed legal in California, or is it still like you have to have a medical? You just got to get the medical card. Are they beyond that, or is that what they do? You got to get the med- that you go in and say I, I got a headache. I need a medical. I got to get a doctor to sign something. Is that what it is still? I'm lost on that. My state just approved it, but it's still got to go through a little yellow tape, but it is going to happen. Weed is going to be legal. I don't know the process yet because the bill isn't official, but yeah, because otherwise smelling weed, if it's legal, what, what would that have to do with anything? Maybe it's, you know, I get the gun thing. If he doesn't have a permit for the gun, um, he was raw, you know. He wasn't driving in New York. That's good because they're real heavy on it. But you know, I, I don't know, man. I know he put out something like "I'd rather be caught with it than without it." That's an uh, old hip hop line. Um, so hopefully that doesn't do anything. You know, hopefully that doesn't do anything to this fight that potentially is going to happen with him and AJ. Um, obviously. I doubt, even charged with stuff, I doubt that they'd get it in time by that time. Hopefully not, though. Anyway, um, there was, Frank Martin said that he, someone, I think it was on Fight fight Hub, or, no, I think it was Fight Hype again, and they someone asked him, you know, when are you going to be back? When, when, do you, when can we see you back, Frank, to Frank Martin? He said, uh, we're looking for like June, July, so. Uh, I'm looking around June, July, and he kind of smiled because they were thinking, "Are you going to be the co-feature to Spence Crawford?" Um, so, yeah, that that was that was it. That, that's all I got. Um, what else we got here? Did you, agree? um, and like I said, I'm getting to this stuff. Okay, I am getting to this stuff. I know that the people. It's funny, these people don't call in, though. They'll message you all day long, but they won't call in and give their point and have a nice debate, you know? They they just won't. They won't. They want me to talk about shit, but they won't call in and, and like I said, have a nice debate. Someone sent me... Um, oh, yeah. This is the dude, Simon Jordan, from, uh, what is it, TalkSport. He... He revealed uh, a rumored the persons, basically. Eddie Hearn has a little laughing emoji under there. It says, Tyson Fury, 90 mil, Usyk 50, and then 30 apiece for a while there in Joshua. Yeah, I, I, I don't look too deep in that. Now, I'm not going to say they're all going to get paid $100 million either. I don't know. Um, oh, by the way, by the by, um, we do have an interesting – hang on, let me make sure. Let me make sure. Oh, Sue Leckie. So I saw in a couple different places Sue Leckie is going to fight on a show box coming up June 9th. And I bring that up because that probably means that there is no fight with Charlo unless he's getting a tune-up and it's going to be in August or something. But that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Uh, this is Jay Donovan again. Unboxing scene from yesterday. Uh, Raisa Alim and Sam Goodman, IBF title eliminator, eyed for June 8th in Australia. A hard, hard target search across all four sanctioning bodies uh, appears to have finally led to a willing opponent for Alim. So yeah, did you do Goodman and Aleem, The battle of unbeaten contenders is targeted to take place June eighth at a location to be ter- de- determined. Excuse me, in Australia, pending signing contracts and all that good. So no later than May eighteenth, they have to get all this stuff uh, signed and, and sealed and delivered. Um, Marshall Kaufman King Promotions, uh, it, you know, is the promoter for Aline, but Tom Brown TGB handled the sanctioning body logistics on behalf of the PBC. Goodman is uh, promoted by Matt and George Rose. No limit boxing, which, uh, also has Tim zoo. So (laughs) good for him. You know, he, he, uh, now he does, it goes on further to say, interesting. Aleem is still tied to the WBC title eliminator versus, uh, Mexico's David Picasso. So we'll see. Um, the fight went to purse bid and was won from, say, you know, Sanford. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll find out here pretty damn soon. That's what I do know. I don't know a whole lot, but that's what I do know. Okay. Um, someone sent me. Hitchenson turned down the IBF final eliminator to I don't know. Is that a fact? Is that is that true? Eddie Renoso this is Fino Boxing, Eddie Reynoso has declared that he is open to training Ryan Garcia again against the rumors of the, that, Garcia's team has reached out to him about potentially reuniting following his Javante uh, Davis defeat. kind of interesting there. Uh, did, 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 oh, by the way, uh, Jonathan Lopez, I saw the highlight. Jonathan Lopez, I think it was the third round, knocked out Nunez. Um, just a little bit Now Richardson says, "I never turned down shit. Uh, Watch your mouth." So I think that must be a sanctioning body thing that they went through all the top fifteen, and maybe he didn't even know that it was offered to him. Really know that? I'm just saying. Maybe maybe that's the case. I'm not trying to give it out just randomly. I'm just just wondering. You know, just I don't know. No clue. No clue. Um. Uh, Jermaine Ortiz is actually now a Top Rank, a multi-fight co-promotional contract with Top Rank in conjunction with CES Boxing. He's set to return on the undercard of a big fight coming up. Taylor Lopez, so that's cool. Ortiz is a damn good fighter. Um, that that by the way, that that Jonathan Lopez and Nunez, the Lopez Nunez fight from Guadalajara. That was on ProBox TV last night. Just to clarify that, um, da-da-da-da-da. got a little bit more than we'll get out of here. Um, oh well, I might as well talk about it. Lara, this we knew this shit was going to happen. <laughs> the WBA through its championship committee granted special perm- permit to middleweight champion Arisbandi Lara to fight Danny Garcia August. In, assuming that's gonna be at the Barclays, Right? Uh team Zarafa, mandatory challenger, was consulted and after negotiations it was po- it was possible to reach an agreement between both parties. So they so that they they gave them an exception. So that's nice. Uh Book Williams says the WBO should grant a special permit for Usyk versus Wilder due to the Bois injury and difficult negotiating the fight. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, timing. This is a bread man. Timing is important. Boxing. Remember, I'm saying it. Danny Garcia is live versus Lara. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that could be true. That could be true. I wouldn't say that that's a, a lie, you know. Um, but, yeah, th- this is a fight that we kind of knew was coming. The writing's been on the wall ever since Golovkin. Um, <laughs> Deuce said, you mean we won't get Lara and Zarafa next. Yeah. Like that's a bad, you know, uh, people are dogging this fight, which I understand, but um, you know, compared to what, when and how, what, what, what's been happening at this division, you know, the fight sells that. That's what it does. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to put up a,
2: a, a three
1: or $4 million gate at the Barclays. That's not what I'm saying by sell, but you know, it is what it is. I don't, too deep into this one. Um That's about it. Oh Shakur Stevenson, uh, boxing gems. By the way, boxing gems on YouTube, it's a fucking gem. The shit is bomb. It's an old word I know, but it's bomb. And the he just he's detailing his shit, gets right to business, usually does predictions too, but that dude is sharp. Definitely follow him, boxing chimps. Anyway, Shakur Stevens said, I got hurt. I got hurt with a body shot. Uh, the crowd in Belda's don't know that I'm really hurt. I went back to the corner, sat down, looked at my grandfather and said, yo, I feel like I got to throw up. And you can see it was a right hand to the body. He played it out really well. The crowd's going nuts thinking it was some other shots. Anytime he lands a shot, you know. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> that's funny, dude. Um, the same people who are mad at Progray for signing with Matchroom when most of the smoke at 140 is Top Rank, were perfectly cool with Crawford resigning re- with Top Rank when most of the smoke was at BBC. I mean, you're not lying. Oh, this is <laughs> this is uh, Fred. Wait, Eddie said it was an eight year deal in 2018 with Zone. Now they've announced a the three year extension to 2026. Kind of confused at that. Uh, we talked about this. Now it seems like it is official: George Cambosis versus Maxi Hughes. This is going to be on. Is this regular ESPN or ESPN Plus? I think it's regular ESPN uh, due to the top rank Cambosis Luda Bella thing. This is actually from Dan Raphael. So, um, so they targeted May. They're targeting May or June in Cambosis' home country of Australia, but they said so. They must have targeted. But it will take place in July. July, United States. Sounds like July 22nd or ju- July 29th at the Palms. Uh, either way, the headline is Top Rank Boxing on ESPN. So that's a pretty good fight. I don't mind that fight. I don't mind that fight at all. It's kind of weird that they're here. Um, so this is towards uh, this is King P towards uh, Progre. Um, all the big fights at one forty at PBC are top rank, yet you opt to sign with a promotional where you'll with the promotion where you'll fight Montana Love and Richardson Hitchens for peanuts. I hereby declare the Winky Wright School of Business be changed to the Regis Progress School of Business. You know, I hear what you're saying, but the peanuts part I'm not sure about when it comes to the comp, you know, like the minimum. I, I don't know about that. I I this is my opinion and maybe other news will come out and it'll prove it wrong. That's cool. But I, I think that the zone actually per fight guaranteed, right? The guarantee. I actually think the opposite. That's what I think. Um, and by the way, the zone, you know, with the pay, how they handled the pay-per-view stuff, I saw one the other day, a couple of them that said, sorry about the inconvenience, but hey, if you put this code in, you get Canelo Ryder for free, and Nadim <laughs> said, sorry you didn't get your steak and lobster that you ordered, we're giving you a code to give you rice and beans on the house to zone management, like the way they handled this shit was really, really bad I mean, really bad it was horrible, I mean there's just no way around it it was fucking horrible Um, it just was dude, it just was I mean To not get back By the way Eric Priest Just signed 24 year old Prospect to golden boy And then oh yeah Tia Fimo, by the way Tia Fimo, well before we get to that Does Zone know in the pay-per-view stuff The way they weren't It took them a long time to get back To some people and one dude Got charged allegedly charged Nine fucking times And I also heard a little bit More information about that uh, sixty dollars stuff, right? You know how they charge sixty five or sixty bucks, 60, yeah, sixty dollars for the Davis Garcia. They had to make up the difference to Showtime. So maybe that's why they were a little slow in getting the money back because some people were saying, hey, you know, like they 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 were posting messages like a local promoter here post a message saying, hey, this is what they told me that. I have to go to you know, the Apple Store wherever I purchased it. It's like, dude, I, I bought it through the Zone through you. You're telling me to go someplace. else. sorry, I can't do anything. The customer service, as far as an announcement, very soon needed to come way earlier. And I don't really has it ever really come all the way. I don't I pause. I don't. I don't think so. I haven't heard one all the way. But just so you know. Um, those requesting refunds from the zone can also make a FTC, uh, can make the FTC aware of the issue by filing a complaint. Reportfraud.ftc.gov. If you're, you know, because that shit, that shit's wild, dude. Like, I'm not saying it's nearly as many as, you know, some people are going crazy about this and that, and I don't know. I'm just saying that they handled that like shit, dude. And some of the responses that they were talking about is like, oh, wow, dude. Really? That's what you're... You're really saying that shit right now? Like, what the fuck? So, did I already say this? I think I said this last week, didn't I? June 17th, Liam Smith, Christopher Eubank Jr. uh, rematch. It's going to be at middleweight this time in Manchester. Pretty sure I announced that last week. But yeah, I mean, some dude literally had Uh, nine hundred dollars in charges. I mean, that shit's that's fucking wild, dude. That's super, super, super wild. Um, so yeah, they they fucked that up. I can't even lie on that one. They fucked that up. All right. Um. Oh yeah. So Bradley, you know, or sorry, I'm reading Timothy Bradley, Andre Ward. So. Teofimo Lopez, his dad tried to come out and, like, speak for his son saying, hey, we didn't mean it like that, but he just dug a a, a hole deeper. He basically is, like, complaining that the black fighters now, Shakur Stevenson, Devin Haney, and others, um, this is Teofimo Lopez speaking of top rank in ESPN, that they're getting all the promo now, right? Even though he dropped the fucking ball when he got the promo you know but to sit there and say that they i mean that's just bullshit it's not true like Teofimo, you know was on the card or main eventing the Heisman the Heisman uh you know pre uh you know when they always have the the Heisman um, show it's like was it the second i think it's the second week in december and the Heisman is the lead in for the card and he usually does really good numbers, and he's done some really good numbers on that. So to act like they didn't—they're promoting him more than Haney. Shit, Haney had to—he he hasn't gotten ratings like he did. They haven't put him in from some, you know, in front of some kind of major, major uh, event, you know, as a lead-in. And shit, he had to go to Australia twice. So of course they're going to be. Like, what, black fighters can't get any fucking pub over there? Is that what you're saying? Like, it's just so weird the way he said it. Like, I mean, his quote was, if you want the black fighters, you could keep them. That just sounds ignorant as fuck. Whether you think that's racist or not, why the fuck would you say it? Why don't you just say their names? Why don't you just straight up say their names? As if, as if everybody, the only people getting promo at top rank at ESPN are black fighters. That's nonsense. You know, so, I don't know, he he just said some stupid shit, and, uh, but, you know, and his dad tried to come out and say, oh, you know, he feels a certain way, why don't you explain the fucking way he feels, you know, instead of having, uh, you know, this dumb shit, you know, um, okay, we'll get into the, just a little bit of this stuff at the end here, the tank and stuff, so, okay, So, the Barrios rehydration. So, Barrios says that he had a rehydration clause, okay? But he clearly, you know, to bring this up is funny because he kept his mouth quiet. He wasn't going to use it as an excuse. So, I actually respect Barrios for that. Nobody knew that there was a rehydration clause. I got to admit, I was kind of surprised that it didn't happen because at that point Tank was coming up to 140. He's not a big 135-pounder per se, size-wise. He's thick. Pause. But you know what I'm saying. Um, so there's that. There's new information from Barrios. But it is kind of it kind of works against Ryan Garcia because he didn't make an excuse. Now, the injury in camp, I've already kind of went over that. You know, you come into the fight, how you come in, dude, it is what it is can't make excuses if it, if it was going to if you were going to get hit to hit to the body and that was going to stop the fight because if he was going to hit this certain rib that you hurt and and that's all it took to stop the fight then you should have fucking postponed it. I mean, I don't know when this, you know, the mole and all that shit. I don't I don't know when something happened in camp, what week or whatever, but they knew about they they probably likely knew if this injury actually did happen. If and it affected them. They knew what that gate was going to look like from the first day of sales, and you could tell just how they priced it. They knew that shit was going to be up there, and it turned out to be the fifth largest gate of all time. So you could have postponed that motherfucker, is my point. Um, the catch weight rehydration effect on Ryan. Did you? So you're telling me in those first couple rounds when his his hands seemed fast as ever. I mean, on the, on, the, on the scale, he didn't look dried out, looked fine. The morning after, didn't really get a great look at him, but he didn't come in there looking like he was about to kill himself. You know, some guys, and I know he's had mental health issues, I'm not trying to poke fun at that, but, you know, some guys look like I, I've been there, shit. My senior year, I, I stopped going to lunch for wrestling, trying to make weight. I just, I just wouldn't even go. Because I was just depressed, and I and it made me feel worse being in front of all my friends watching them eat these goddamn chicken sandwiches, you know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I didn't see a major thing, and he and he kept saying and saying how he's good, he's good, he's good, and the, and the his body looked fine, his body looked fine, and not of that. But people seem to forget Ryan Garcia was willing last summer to fight Fortuna. Okay at 135. i said this before too fortuna is the one who uh it was they accommodated him with the weight okay this is this is from garcia himself this was agreed to long before the contract was signed garcia told the zone everybody was trying to make it seem like it was uh just put in right now that we're doing at 139. This was already discussed way before we signed the contract. It really has nothing to do with if I can make 135. I know I can make 135. I'm on track to make 135 right now. I'm six pounds away, seven pounds away. So it's really nothing, but this is smart. It's not a title fight. We're just coming back because he was off for a while, and we're going to make 139. What's the difference between four pounds he laughs, And, you know, he, he also talked about, you know, his weight, you know, is 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 his walk around weight and how he doesn't want to put on ten pounds and how he's gonna be fine and how he actually thought he hustled them for an extra pound. He was trying to get it at one thirty eight. He said he thought they had an agreement and went to one thirty six. Whatever you want to say, but come on, dude. This is a interesting um, tweet by uh, Joe Martel. Ioka Franco 2 on June 24th puts the sport back up to 25 top 10 clashes through June 2023. 13 top 5 and 12 top 10 matches. But boxing is just dead, bro. It's just, it's just done. Okay, now let's go on to, and someone actually, <laughs> uh, okay, so this they actually sent me a Montero post. Twitter. Ryan Garcia's new face of pay-per-view, uh, according to completely unverified sources. He pulled in over a million buys for the first pay-per-view card, Tank Davis' spot on the pay-per-view multiple times and only was able to generate around 200,000 buys, King Rise star, right? So they use that. They use uh, Oscar as well. It's funny. So the other stuff is verified, but then this isn't verified, even though it comes from like a, a really good source. And, by the way, Mont Carroll's the guy that said this would be a boxing after dark. It's on pay-per-view, no belt, catchweight, unproven fighters. This would be a boxing after dark, a 20, almost, almost $23 million live gate, 1.2 million buys, but this would be an after dark? Uh, okay, HBO after dark. Actually, Ortega said, this is a uh, Cody retweet. Did any boxing after dark fights ever do anything in the ballpark of $20 million at the gate? It's amazing how Montero uh, consistently makes himself look like a mor- moron in epic proportions. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. But people really got going because the guy himself, Oscar, where'd it go? Okay, Oscar basically said he's the guy uh, that takes the guy down because look at it you know uh the other million he's responsible for, right? That's basically what he was saying. He's like, Well if he's been only doing two hundred to two fifty somewhere in there, thousand buys, right? Two hundred thousand to two fifty, I think two fifty is like the top one he's done or whatever, allegedly reported. Um, you know, that was a big thing. Like, well, there's the million, so he's responsible for the million. And obviously that's not how it works, you know what I mean? Because then, okay, here's what he says. Ryan Garcia is the new face. Javante only did 200, you know, a few times out. Ryan's the one who generated the million. So here's the deal. If that was the case, right, if that was the case, okay, if that was the case, then he'd also be doing big live games, right? If you're worth a million buys, Ryan Garcia, first of all, we would have already heard them doing pay per view successful pay-per-views on zone. one. Two, we would have at least heard he's good for a million sign-ups back when it was only, what, 20? It's still only, what, 25 bucks or something? Not only, but you know what I'm saying. So we never heard, we never got this report. They've never been over a million subscribers ever. If he was such a star, a million people would sign up for, uh, you know, a third of the pay-per-view price then, right? But just a live gate alone. Tank has been doing three and four and five million dollars at the gate. Atlanta, Baltimore, Barclays, in Brooklyn, L.A., you know, at the, I'm going to call it Staples Center. Before this fight, Ryan Garcia did two, two or three, I think it was two, I think he only did two, maybe three tops, uh, million dollar gates. So if he was responsible for a million buys, that would put him up right there with like just as big as Canelo, right? And Canelo, you know, at least does, you know, like for the Kovalev and the uh, and the Jacobs, he was doing like eight million. The BJ, I think Billy Joe Saunders was a nine million dollar gate. You'd be doing like eight to ten million every time out if you were good for a million. If you're solely responsible for a million, why weren't you doing five, six, eight? you know million dollar gates because you weren't the, the ace side that's why so to you know remember 1.25 million was Trinidad and Oscar and then he fought Floyd it was over it was 2.5 million right so you're telling me Floyd was doing a million every time out and he was the star is that what you're saying come on dude you know no he wasn't he was doing like 300 between 300 and 400,000 on his uh, you know against Zab and against Gotti and uh Baltimore. even you know shit, if we talk about under three hundred thousand or anywhere from two to three hundred thousand, we went over that when we did the pay list. Oscar's got two fights under three hundred thousand before he fought Trinidad. shit, him and Mosley didn't do a million the first time out, Technically, I don't think they did a million in the rematch, but um, I think that did like. 580 or something like that the first time. Um anyway, the proof is in the pudding, okay? He would they would have already announced we have more than, you know, 550,000 people signed up to watch which pushes us to one point whatever <clears throat> a million subscribers to watch Ryan Garcia for 20 bucks. Of course that would have been the case. I'm not saying nobody younger signed up to watch Ryan Garcia that's not what i'm saying but if he's responsible for the million paper you buys it would have done at least a million sign ups for something you know like i said on zones a third of the price so come on guys but hey that's okay that's okay if you want to go that way that's fine um, oh wow <laughs> this is a guy okay. someone just sent me no smoke com. Tony Bellew on to Anthony Joshua—he changed the game like Muhammad Ali changed the game. Okay. Will Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia be a bigger pay-per-view than Cadello and Ryder? Is that a, is that real? Yeah, it, it will be. <laughs> it, 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 it'll be way bigger. No, it, it's not going to be. Uh, this is King P again. So if Ryan gets the credit for Tank's 1.2 million buys. Does that mean GGG gets the credit for doing over a million twice with Canelo? He did. Uh, he did about nine hundred thousand with Cotto. Similar numbers with uh, Chavez Jr. Um, but yeah, that, that's just not how it works, guys. I understand that you want to hold on to your guy and stuff, but it's just not how it works, man. Sorry, you know. Um, that about wraps it up. I don't think there's, uh, is there any other kind of last little bit here? I think that's it. I think that'll wrap it up. Oh, here we go. One more for the Gifford. Oh, here's another one. Dot. Oh, this is, this is a boxing scene, uh, post. I can see it. It's not tweaked unless it's a combination. I, d- I'll die laughing if Canelo Ryder comes close or surpasses Tank Garcia in terms of pay-per-view. It's a good possibility, though, with cheap pay-per-view and a solid Hispanic fan base. It ain't going to do a million. If that was the case, Bivel would have done a million. Who gives a shit? Just watch the fight. Have fun with it. You know what I mean? That's what I say. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Let's hope some of these undercard fights pop off let's just hope for a good week hopefully Ryder can actually take it to the inside with canelo and rough him up and that you know make it a competitive fight i'm always looking for competitive fights even if i got money on the line anyway i'm out see you next week it won't be next thursday okay i'll get to you earlier peace
2: once you become the world champion i believe that you feel you have to get the hand so now when, because you fight, let's say you fight four or five years, of straight, survival, tie the a bullet the a whole bag. And when you come over a champion, you like, you know what, I made it. I'm show you, it's this. It. So I'm going to give every dollar worth of uh, what I deserve.